What happens when you take a mother who wants nothing more for her daughter to stay young and sick so she has control and pit her against a daughter who is growing more vengeful by the day? You get the story of Gypsy Rose and the murder of Dee Dee Blanchard. Hi everyone, my name is Matt Jarbo. Welcome to another episode of Stranger Days. If you are coming over from TikTok, for one, thank you guys very much. If you're catching this on iTunes or on Google or on Spotify or even on YouTube, again, I thank you for tuning into the show. This is a little bit different. My approach to this, I should say, is going to be a little bit different compared to, let's say, how I do the, the narration on TikTok. This is more of a conversationalist approach to true crime. That's that's how I'm viewing it, where I just go over the information and I give my take on it, and we just go from there. I think that's a fun way to kind of kick things off. This one, I want to talk about Gypsy Rose Blanchard. This girl is one that is definitely a wild story, and I think it's kind of a cautionary tale about how overprotective parents are something that is not talked about enough in this country. I really feel that like in modern society, overprotective parents, helicopter parents are just like not talked about enough. And we never really question if when a parent says something about a kid, if they're being truthful or not, like we take their word for, I have two daughters. So for me, when I, you know, tell people about my kids, I, I try to be as honest as humanly possible, but at the same time, they have no way of knowing if what I'm telling them is accurate, I'll give you guys a quick example of this. My daughter is four. She's in preschool. You know how it is. You take your kid to school. They come home with all sorts of germs and colds and stuff. And they said, now you have to have a negative COVID test in order to bring her back. So I've gone and I've gotten the test from Walgreens. I've gotten the Binax test. I've done all that stuff. They never actually check. They take my word for it. And I think I'm a little bit pissed off at that, if I'm being honest with you. I think as a parent, I'm a little bit pissed off at that. But when I come across a story of, of you know, Gypsy Blanchard and what her mother did to her, I, I very much just okay with, with kind of like how things maybe turned out. I know that sounds terrible. I shouldn't be okay with it. But it's like, you know, let, let's get into this here. So we have to go all the way back. To 1991, July 27th, which is when Rob Blanchard and Dee Dee Blanchard welcomed their first and only child. This, of course, would be Gypsy Rose. Gypsy was actually named after Axl Rose, Guns N' Roses. It was uh, their parents' favorite band. That's how they bonded, which, hey, good for them on that one. But, uh, you know, look, Gypsy's life wasn't anything like Axl Rose's. Not even close. Even November Rain, which I think is like the worst Guns N' Roses song is still better than Gypsy Rose's experience. And sadly, her dad was not around for like any of this. Not that he died or nothing, but he ultimately realized that like, maybe he realized he married a crazy one when he married Dee Dee. And, and he kind of did. So he ended up divorcing her because he said like they got married for the wrong reasons, right? So that was good on him. He got away. Unfortunately, his daughter was left behind. And as a result of that, things did not go well because you see Dee Dee, Dee Dee was under the impression that Gypsy here, Gypsy had problems, like not just one problem, but like multiple problems. She actually blamed what she called a chromosomal defect for all of Gypsy's health problems. Dee Dee said that Gypsy had sleep apnea and that Gypsy had uh, muscular dystrophy and she needed to use a walker and things like that. That is what Dee Dee was saying. And again, no one was questioning this. 
No one ever asked her if for any kind of proof. They just took her word for it. I mean, like it even got to be uh, so, I guess you could say beneficial for Dee Dee because she got all that sympathy for having a sickly child, right? That even in like in 2001, when, uh, when, when, you know, Gypsy was supposedly eight years old in reality, she was 10. She was actually like the honorary queen of the crew of mid city, which is like a children's parade that happens in new Orleans during Mardi Gras. You know, they brought her out. They, they wheeled her out and, you know, in front of everybody. And they're like, here's Gypsy Rose. She is the, the, the honorary queen of crew, you know, and it's the, all of this was done because. Dee Dee just like was able to get that sympathy. And of course, what happens when you get that kind of attention and that kind of unchecked uh, empathy and sympathy and, and all of that kind of golden treatment, right? Well, you know, she kept it going because she decided to take Gypsy out of school. She's like, you know, it hits the second grade. Screw this nonsense. We're not doing this anymore. I'm pulling you out of school. I'm going to homeschool you myself. Now, I don't know how many people out there are homeschool people, right? I don't know. I've met my fair share growing up, not personally a fan. I feel it's a very unregulated environment. That is my personal hot take on that. If you are homeschooled or you perform homeschooling, red pill me on it, I guess. If you want to hit me up, you can find me on social media. Uh, you can you can red pill me about it and let me know if it's good or bad. But like in my experiences with it, it was never really a good thing. But the reason why Dee Dee wanted to do this with Gypsy was because she wanted to make sure that Gypsy was under her thumb. She wanted to make sure that Gypsy was entirely under her control so she could continue to isolate Gypsy and torture her. But, you know, Gypsy, you got to give her credit. And I give this to kind of like any kid who realizes that they're in a tough situation. Like the only way out is really through the mind. It's how you can just distance yourself, how you can just kind of shut down. And I guess one of the things Gypsy did is she learned to read by reading all of the Harry Potter books. She actually was really big into Harry Potter. And I can only assume, I can only make the joke that she was just at night, you know, practicing her death curse skills, like Avada Kedavra, whatever it is, you know, like, I'm gonna, nah, you're dead. Probably, if you, you, we all know where the story's going, so I have a feeling I'm probably more accurate than not on this one. But that's what she was doing. She was learning Harry Potter and she was, uh, you know, finding herself in this fantasy world because she, that's that was her escape. And the thing is, is she kind of had to because, I mean, like, Dee Dee, man, Dee Dee manufactured and fabricated so much shit that, like, she kept saying that Gypsy had seizures and that she had muscular dystrophy problems and that uh, because of all this, the doctors were just giving her unneeded medicine and they would repeatedly, repeatedly perform surgeries on Gypsy. Repeatedly unnecessary surgical procedures per performed on a child that in no way needed any of that treatment. It was just terrible stuff there. But again, you know, the character comes out from, from behind all the craziness and, and Gypsy was actually really good at uh, enchanting people. She was very charismatic. People liked her. I don't know if it was because they felt sorry for her. I don't know exactly why, but they really kind of took to her. In fact, I mean, she was only five feet tall for crying out loud. She was nearly toothless, bald, right? Because of all like the cancer and whatnot, you know, that her mother said that she had. She wore glasses. She had a loud infantile voice that reinforced this idea that Gypsy was 
you know, completely full of all of these ailments that her mother kept saying were out there. Like her mother kept saying that she had all these diseases and all these sicknesses. And the way Gypsy presented herself was very much in line with that. But still, people liked her. People gravitated towards her. You know, now one of the things that, you know, in reading this, it says here that uh, it's, it's hypothesized, it's theorized, probably sure it happened, that Gypsy's mother, Dee Dee, would regularly like bick or shave Gypsy's head in order to replicate the hairlessness appearance of someone who had chemo. All right, never mind. She never had cancer, never underwent chemo. But she would tell Gypsy that she did this in order to uh, to get ahead of the treatment because with the medication and everything else that Gypsy was taking, it would cause her hair to, to fall out. So it's just kind of getting ahead of it. But if you think that's crazy, wait till they get to public. When they were in public, you know, Dee Dee wanted to keep up appearances. That's definitely something she was all about. And according to this, she utilized physical violence to keep a firm grip on her young child. And she would even do it when other people were around. I mean, probably not full on like slapping or beating, but one time Gypsy recalled that her mother gave her this unnecessarily tight, firm squeeze on her hand. Every time she probably acted like a kid. Every time that facade, that imaginary presentation the lies started to maybe crack a little bit right the foundation started to break uh, Dee Dee would be right there with a firm grip to let her daughter know who's in charge and then of course <laughs> you know behind the scenes and I'm not laughing to make light of this but behind the scenes she would assault her with either an open hand or a coat hanger you know and I mean I, I hear the coat hanger bit and I immediately think back to like mommy dearest you know uh, no wire hangers. And it's, I don't think that happened the same way, but it's entirely possible that Dee Dee very much was inspired by mommy dearest. Like if you're going to beat your kid with a coat hanger, it's probably going to be wire. You know, that's the terrible thing. I mean, like, look, her, her torment and torture and depravity grew with massive intensity over time. You know, but that didn't really stop again. That doesn't really stop young people from being a young person. You know, even if you're trapped in this position, you're still going through the, you know, the ultimate bodily changes and you're going through the emotional uh, adjustments and puberty and things like that. And so Gypsy, Gypsy wanted friends, man. You know, Gypsy wanted friends and she was able to get on the Internet. And, and this is where. Yeah, this is where things really started to kind of go south, I think, um, given what things kind of went to, because it's here on the Internet, the vast, limitless, tube-like structure known as the Internet, where she met a man by the name of Nicholas Gojon. Now, what would happen here is that Gypsy, during the night when her mother was asleep, she was passed out, Gypsy would sneak out and she would get on the phone or get on the computer and she would go to what she says was a Christian singles message board looking for them dudes trolling for some strange on a christian singles message board this is where she met nicholas you know good good old boy nick from big bend wisconsin who was a 23 year old man who reportedly had autism and a lower than average iq according to some of the reports i found he also had a bit of a run-in with the law back in 2013 so right around the time this was happening, when he first met Gypsy, 
and he allegedly was caught masturbating while watching pornography at a McDonald's. This is, of course, according to a local report on patch.com, I believe. And then authorities, you know, when they searched him, it wasn't only his dong that they found that was rock hard. They found a folded knife in his pocket as well. And he was charged with carrying a concealed weapon and disorderly conduct, masturbating to pornography at a McDonald's. I mean, they don't even have secret sauce anymore, my guy. What are you doing? Anyway, however, all of that aside, Gypsy, in love, in lust, and whatever you want to call it, with Nicholas, confided in her neighbor. This would be Aaliyah Woodmancy, who was 23 years old at the time. She actually believed that she was much older than Gypsy. She was actually around the same age, but because of the way Gypsy presented herself or was presented, the lie, it was obvious that Aaliyah felt like she was older and took on that kind of surrogate big sister role. And so because of that, she became a confidant for Gypsy. And Gypsy told her all about Nicholas Gojohn, told her all about their online flirting, which frequently turned not to Christ-like conversations because, you know, it's a Christian singles website. No, they actually talked about BDSM. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm wondering, because at the time, this is about when like 50 shades of gray was kind of at its peak height as far as the books and like all of the cultural phenomenon that was basically just soccer mom porn in book form. And I'm wondering if just that had something to do with it. I'm pretty sure if, if I could interview Gypsy and I could ask her, like, did you ever read 50 shades of gray? She probably would have read it having, you know, been back then, you know, it's the same kind of like, writing style that you would get out of Harry Potter and Twilight. So I'm pretty sure she was, she knew about it, but uh, it was funny because she was actually really into it. Right. As I think a lot of people who read those, uh, those books tended to be all right. Like there's a, you can go back. If you're not familiar with that time, if you're not familiar with, uh, with the wine mom, 50 shades phenomenon from, from back around 2000 and I think 12 to 2015, for one, you're lucky because it was a god awful time. But two, it was a really interesting time for just like exper like women who would you you would never think would experiment with this kind of stuff, being kind of like into a little bit of it, right? They were into it. Uh, uh you know, even though Fifty Shades of Grey, just from a BDSM perspective, completely bastardized the concept of the of the sub dom relationship as well as uh, the physical violence, the the sexual assault elements of it, and even what is remotely left out of the picture in practically all of E.L. James' writing and, uh, quite frankly, a lot of the other uh, BDSM erotic fiction that was popular at the time, the aftercare. If you're curious about that, I would really recommend looking that up. So if you want to dip your toe into whips and and, and leather clad material and chains and whatever i would recommend going the full nine and learning about that but i digress this isn't an educational podcast about about bdsm it's about a girl who helped kill her mom spoiler alert but hey you probably already know that anyway so uh alia here you know she was fully aware what gypsy was up to and she wasn't really down with it because she thought gypsy was a lot younger than she was she knew Gypsy had like five different Facebook accounts as a way to get around Dee Dee and everything else. 
And even Aaliyah was trying to like persuade Gypsy to like reconsider hooking up with Nicholas. She was like, hey, this guy's like talking to you about these fantasies and dreams. You've never met this guy. He's from the internet. We're in Missouri. You're in, or he's in Big Bend, Wisconsin. And, and because of how old she thought Gypsy was, not only physically, but mentally, she basically kind of framed Nicholas as an internet sexual predator. Which isn't really wrong, if you think about it. Even though she was of legal age, mentally, she definitely wasn't there. So, and if, if Nicholas also has autism, he was also impaired. So, you know, take that for what you will. However, one day, Dee Dee caught on. And Dee Dee, ooh, Dee Dee reacted. And how, however you might think, Dee Dee reacted. She reacted. She actually destroyed Gypsy's phone, destroyed her laptop. And made sure she couldn't go anywhere near the internet, right? But the I mean, come on, man. Every time my parents tried to bar me from something when I was younger, I just figured out ways to get around it. You know, one of the things I've even joked about with my girlfriend, like when our daughters get old enough to go see movies on their own or whatever, like I kind of want to like give them a test. I want to take them to the theater. I want to hand them the money for a ticket for an R-rated movie. I'm going to go buy a ticket for an R-rated for that R-rated movie. I'm going to go in and sit in the theater and I'm going to be like, you figure out how to get in. Because when I was that age, when I was 15 and I wanted to go see an R-rated movie, I was able to use my wits to figure out how to get in, you know, because the kids are always going to find a way kind of like life in Jurassic park. Kids are always going to find a way. So I would like to kind of, I don't know if I want to say like nurture that kind of behavior, but at least it's problem solving. In this particular case, this is problem solving mixed with horniness, which is never going to end well. Anyway, Gypsy still was able to communicate with Nicholas, probably through Aaliyah. That's my interpretation of some of the information, especially with what comes out down the road. And uh, they were able to still have these communications and they were able to continue talking through at least 2014. But then Gypsy, she wanted to meet Nicholas. She was all down to meet Nicholas. She had a plan. She had this grandiose plan on how to bring this man into her life and get accepted by her mother. Because that's ultimately what she wanted. She wanted Nicholas. She wanted a boyfriend. She wanted mommy dearest to be okay with it. And I think that's perfectly fine. So here's her plan. She orchestrated this idea where Nicholas was going to travel from Big Bend, Wisconsin, down to Springfield, Missouri. And just randomly bump into them at a movie theater. And they were going to then strike up a conversation like, oh, hi. It was like a meet cute, like out of a fucking movie, right? It's like out of a movie. And it's like, oh, it's a meet cute. But the thing is, though, is that didn't happen because they met up. And like I said, man, when you're when you're dealing with a hormone monster of a person who is like never, ever, 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 ever been in a physical relationship and one of their fantasies is BDSM. It will not take long for that part of the lizard brain to take over. And it did because they apparently uh, like had planned to present him to Didi. They wanted, she wanted to introduce her like, mom, this is a boy that I met, but instead they went to the bathroom and had sex, had a quickie and probably the handicap stall. It just seems to be like, the biggest place to do it. And let's be fair. First time having sex, you're probably going to want a little bit of leg room. Right. But that's where she lost her virginity. Apparently in a movie theater bathroom. 
Good for her, I guess. But because the plan to meet Dee Dee didn't happen, because that particular idea never really, you know, like came to be, it kind of turned to the next best thing, I guess, because Nicholas went home to Big Bend, Wisconsin. They continued their correspondence. And then somehow during the conversation, it turned to like, hey, you want to kill my mom? Because this is where they came together with the plan to take out Dee Dee in order to be together. So we got to fast forward all the way to June 2015. And this is when everything started to come together. Nicholas traveled from Wisconsin down to Springfield, Missouri, got into town while Gypsy and her mother were at a doctor's appointment. And he hung around until the sun went down and Dee Dee went to sleep. And then when Dee Dee went to sleep, Gypsy snuck downstairs and she let Nicholas in to the house. It was there she presented him with duct tape, a knife, and gloves so he could kill her mother. She then, like a coward, because she is at this point, let's be fair, ran into the bathroom, wrapped a towel around her head, and held it tight so she couldn't hear her mother screaming as her life was being extinguished. And in went Nicholas, sneaking into Dee Dee's room, Dee Dee asleep in bed on her stomach, unaware that her life was about to end. And I don't know if she reacted. I can't find any of the information. I don't know if Dee Dee reacted when Nicholas stabbed her 17 times in the back. But I can only assume that she did. And when it was over, Dee Dee came out of the bathroom, walked into the room, saw her abusive mother dead. And what they did next was they rifled through her stuff, Dee Dee's stuff, in order to find $4,000 in cash that Dee Dee had saved from her, from Gypsy's father's child support payments. And you figure at this point, they have the money, the mom is dead, they're going to take off. Nope, they go over into Gypsy's room and they bump uglies once again. I get, you know, if I'm being honest, right, I would say probably like the adrenaline high was really fueling that. But afterward, they decided to bail and they went to a motel for the next couple of days. They laid low. Gypsy wore a disguise, walked without a walker so no one would recognize her. And they watched a lot of the news because they wanted to see if Dee Dee's body would be discovered. They wanted to know if the cops were looking for them. And they figured after three days, they'd gotten away with it. That was their mindset. So what they did is they took the murder weapon, which they still had on them, and they threw it in an envelope and they mailed it back to Nicholas's home address because they were then going to jump on a Greyhound and take off from Missouri back to Wisconsin, and they didn't want to be caught with the weapon on them. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Greyhounds, post 9-11, Greyhounds started adding metal detectors and pat-down security when you were traveling. I'm not too sure if they still do it. I remember I was on a Greyhound from Houston back to San Diego back in, in early 2002, and I was unfamiliar with the Houston bus station, so I had taken my friend's knife with me. 
just to be on the safe side. Cause I was only uh, 19 and I was there for like six hours and I didn't know. And I was traveling by myself. And ultimately when I got to El Paso, I had to ditch the knife for a brief minute in order to chat up the security guards to have them pat me, go on the bus, jump off the bus, run back, get my knife and then go back on. Cause since they'd already patted me down, they felt that I was perfectly fine. Idiots. Always do a double pat. That's my, that's my advice to security guards out there. Don't I'm come on again, figuring out ways to problem self. Right. And anyway, this is why they did it. I just want to let people know that's why they did it. So they decided then to, uh, to board the Greyhound and, and, and she's wearing her disguise. She has her blonde wig. She's walking without a walker. No one suspects a thing on the Greyhound. They go back to Wisconsin, but you know, right around that same time, People started to realize, wait a minute, we haven't heard from Didi or Gypsy in a couple of days. So the police were called and ultimately they found their way into Didi's house and they found her slain body in her bed. But there was no sign of Gypsy. And because Gypsy was so well known for being an infirm, sickly person, they were afraid for the absolute worst. And they came out and they started trying to find Gypsy right away. But it was Aaliyah, the next door neighbor, the big sister, who suspected that she might know a little bit about what's going on. Because at the same time, somebody was posting from Dee Dee's Facebook account. And if Dee Dee was dead, clearly that person would have some knowledge of what was going on. And so Aaliyah presented the authorities with the printouts of the communications between Gypsy and Nicholas and through contacting Facebook and getting them to help track the IP, they were able to discover that, oh yeah, those particular Facebook posts were coming from Nicholas's parents' house in Big Bend, Wisconsin. Huh? That's peculiar. So of course, coordinating with the authorities in Wisconsin, they conducted a raid on the house, found Gypsy, perfectly fine, in good health, found Nicholas, arrested them both, and started to send them back to Missouri. But what was crazy was like, at first, like no one in Springfield, like believed anything of what they were hearing, right? No one in Springfield was like, oh, that gypsy girl, she crazy ass murderer. No, they all thought that she was the victim. They all thought that she was, you know, the person who was tormented and captured and, 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 and brainwashed and everything. No one believed it. Even the sheriff was like, yeah, you know, not everything is what it seems. Don't give to any GoFundMe's like, let's chill out a little bit to like, let's find out more information here. But when they got back to Missouri, they were both held on a $1 million bond. Like they weren't getting out of jail. And ultimately what happened with that is uh, they presented Gypsy with a plea deal. And she took it. So her plea deal is only for 10 years. Right now it's 2022. She's out in 2024. Nicholas, on the other hand, he got the book thrown at him. He got the full kit and caboodle. He's serving life in prison without the possibility of parole. And what's interesting is just recently there was a Hulu show called The Act, which is a miniseries about this entire event. And as a result of that, there are some sympathetic individuals to Nicholas. And I found a, a change.org petition demanding that he be let free, demanding that Nicholas go, John, get the same deal 
that Gypsy got, accusing Gypsy of, of having manipulated Nicholas because of his diminished IQ and, and potential autism into, into becoming, you know, like she was luring him into it. She, she basically honeypotted him into this whole thing. And I don't think they're entirely wrong. If I'm being honest with you now, do I think he deserves to get a sweetheart plea deal of only 10 years? No, I don't think she deserves it either. But their situations are different. And of course, the circumstances are different. You know, Dee Dee abused and tortured Gypsy for decades, isolated her, told her she was sick, beat her with open fist as well as a coat hanger treated her as just a way for DD to feel self-important by having all of that sympathy thrust upon them and whatever they could get from it as a result. So gypsy killing DD is something that like, I think anyone out there understands, but gypsy should have done it herself. If anyone is going to do it, I think that's just like the most honest take I can give, but she still handed Nicholas the murder weapon and instructed him to do it and most likely paid for his way to get down there and, and facilitated and orchestrated this whole thing. So I think she deserves more than just 10 years, but she said in prison, she's like happy. She's free. She's outside of the shadow of her mother. She's not under her thumb anymore. She finally can be a woman. And I guess when she gets out of jail in a couple years, she'll definitely, you know, have the opportunity to live that life for the first time. Whereas the boyfriend will be rotting away for the rest of his life. But I'll tell you this here, here is probably at the end of this whole thing. I would argue the most delicious bit of, I don't want to call it irony or whatever, right? You could call it irony, I guess. Dee Dee was a horrible person. Did she deserve to die? Absolutely not. But she was still a horrible person. And not long after Gypsy was born, Dee Dee was living with her father and stepmother, and there was accusations that Dee Dee was poisoning them. And it wasn't until they kicked her out that the stepmother started feeling better again, pretty much confirming their belief that Dee Dee was you know, poisoning them. And after they discovered Dee Dee's body and they processed it and you know everything happened, the family refused to pay for a funeral. So the body was cremated and the ashes were sent to her father and stepmother. And they did what they felt was probably the most appropriate celebration of life they could think of for their daughter. And they flushed the ashes down the toilet. I don't know about you, but to me, that is probably the greatest fuck you. I can ever think of. And I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful end to the story. I do. I think, I mean, given everything, you can't change what happened, but you know, you don't have to celebrate the life of, of the person who you believe is trying to poison you and who was abusing the daughter. I, I guess I, if I'm going to wrap this thing up, you know, the one person out of all of this, that's going to probably have the best time is Rob Blanchard, Gypsy's father. He's remarried. He's had other kids. And I've seen pictures of him and Gypsy in recent years and looking up information on the story. I've seen photos of them and they seem happy. 
She apparently just got engaged while she's in prison. She gets out in two years. There you go. Mazel tov. They're going to be able to develop a relationship, something that she's never been able to have really with her father. And I wonder how that's going to play out. And I, I hope that like Rob is able to like give her what she needs and help her become a better person. That's what I'm hopeful for. But as always, I leave it to you. What are your thoughts? What are your opinions on this? It's a bit of a wild story. And uh, let me know. Again, if you are following this on social media, find me at mjarbo on Twitter or real Jarbo on Instagram or TikTok. And uh, you guys can, you know, find me Stranger Days Pod on TikTok as well. I think and also Instagram. And uh, yeah, if you're on YouTube, leave a comment. And if you are listening to this on podcast, leave a review. And if there's any case you want me to look into, any story you want me to tell you about, give you my thoughts on my two cents. Let me know. I'll talk to you guys later. Have yourself a great day. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you later.